You're listening to the Smart Gets Paid podcast with me, Leah Niederthal. I help women land higher paying clients in their B2B consulting and coaching businesses, but I've never been a salesperson. My background is in corporate marketing. And when I started my first consulting business, I learned pretty quickly that it's about a thousand times harder to sell your own stuff than it is to sell someone else's. So I taught myself how to do it. And I created a sales approach that feels comfortable, makes you feel confident, and that works consistently. And now I teach women how to land higher paying clients in their B2B consulting and coaching businesses. So whether your client contracts are $2,000 or $200,000, if you wanna work with more of the clients you love, do more of the work you love, and get paid more than you ever imagined, then you're in the right place. Let's do it together. Welcome to Smart Gets Paid. Hey there, Leah here, and welcome to the Smart Gets Paid, what I'm calling the episode after the episode. This is something new I'm doing here in season two, because as I went through season one episodes, I always felt like there was more that I wanted to say, or really more that I wanted to share in those sort of listening in episodes. Because when I first started creating the episodes in season one, I kind of assumed that we would be able to edit down each episode or each call that you hear. And one major theme would just emerge, right? A call would be about a particular theme, like pricing or messaging or whatever. But then every time I listened to a call, even in the editing process, I heard something new, something just sort of popped out that made me think, well, actually, you know, the episode, I thought it was about that theme, but it's really about this other theme. And It's really just because everything in selling is so connected. Even something like messaging is also about confidence and also about leading a sales process. And it's also about, you know, dealing with lingering beliefs from our corporate careers and stuff like that. And it also got me thinking that even as I was going through these and hearing different things, you know, maybe you, as you're listening to the episodes, you might hear something totally different as like the dominant theme than I hear. So I just wanted to create like space to talk about what else might be in each of these episodes that's worth exploring because there's really a lot packed in here. And as I envisioned it, you know, these would be like solo episodes, just like how I'm talking to you right here. And if you listen to the first season, particularly the bonus episode that I released at the very end, it's called Bonus Episode, Leah Gets Coached. If you haven't listened to it, go back and check it out. It's the last episode in season one. And unlike the other episodes where I coach my clients and students, in that episode, I turned the mic on myself and I shared a call where I was being coached through one of my major blocks. And the block that I was being coached through was actually getting this podcast even launched. It's very, very meta, right? A podcast episode about how long it was taking to get the podcast up with coaching about how to get the podcast up shared with you in a podcast bonus episode. All right. Very meta here. But in that conversation, I sort of let it slip that one of the things that had been holding me up in getting season one of the Smart Gets Paid podcast up was these solo episodes. It just felt really uncomfortable to me. I am so comfortable writing. I'm really not as comfortable just like sitting in front of a mic and talking. And the thought of doing these solos really gave me a ton of anxiety. I was feeling a lot of resistance to it. And when I realized that 
these episodes in particular, the solo episodes were holding me up, I decided to scrap them entirely. And I mentioned that in episode 13, that bonus episode, so that if I scrapped them, I could just move forward without the burden, you know, the mental burden of these solo episodes. And I could just focus on the listening in episodes. And those are the episodes that became season one. But I couldn't just let the resistance win. Part of what I tried to even show to my clients and students, and if you've worked with me, you've seen this, that even I have a lot of resistance and I have to push through and I have to grow. I mean, what kind of coach would I be if I told you to you know, push through something that was really uncomfortable and here I am just sort of letting the resistance win, right? And not pushing through to a new edge. And this happens to be an even bigger challenge right now because I don't have like all my stuff around with me. I'm recording this at my in-laws house. I'm not in my office. So I think I just have to describe to you the podcast recording setup that I have right now. So I have my laptop. I have a big monitor in front of me. I have a beach towel draped over the monitor and sort of cascading down underneath my laptop onto my lap, almost to create like a little sound studio. And I have my mic sitting next to my laptop and I'm right off the kitchen at my in-laws house. So you may even be able to hear some like kitchen noise behind me. So you know what, if I'm going to really push through some resistance, if I'm gonna do what makes me uncomfortable, if I'm going to, you know, overcome this, fear, I guess. Let's just pile it on and get out of my comfort zone and just make it happen. All right. So thanks for being with me on this. All right. So let's get into the episode. I wanted to touch on something I didn't get to say in the previous episode. And specifically, it comes from this clip. So if you're entering the conversation as the vendor, as the you know, tactical implementation person, then those engagements never turn into strategy. Exactly. I was just, as I'm taking notes, I I wrote, you know, you can go from strategy to implementation if you want to. I do want to sort of poke on that assumption that it naturally has to go to implementation because I think it's okay for you to stay in that strategic role, but Mm -hmm. not getting too far in the weeds on that. You can go from strategy to implementation, but you cannot go the other way around. It doesn't work the other way. And it's this idea of being seen as a strategic partner. So we talk about entering the conversation as a strategic partner. And this just reminds me of something I talk about a lot with my students and my clients. And it's a really important part of what I teach, which is that we teach our clients how to think about us. We teach our clients how to treat us. And we want to be seen as strategic partners. We want to be seen as valuable resources, trusted advisors. You know, we don't want to be seen as just vendors, really. But it also extends to things like we don't want to have to deal with scope creep or people taking advantage of us or people not valuing our work. And teaching your clients how to think about you and teaching your clients how to treat you starts long before you actually start working with them. It starts in the sales process. It starts in your pricing. It starts in how you conduct yourself and how you lead the client through the sales process. It even starts with how you message your work, how you position your work, whether you position your work as a painkiller, whether you're describing the value of your work or you just 
you know, talking about tactics. And when you can teach your clients how to think about you and how to treat you in the sales process, it makes the actual client relationship so much better. I had a woman who I worked with in my program signed. Many of her clients kept asking for work. You know, they just sort of slipped it in. You know how scope creep goes. And she kept saying yes. And she ended up doing a lot of work that she wasn't paid for. And after we talked for a little bit, she said, I think I do my own scope creep because I have set up this dynamic where my clients can ask for things and I say yes, or I answer phone calls late at night, or I turn things around on a dime. And once you get into the client relationship, it's really actually hard to change the dynamic because you've already established the dynamic in the sales process. So this is why selling is not just about selling. Selling is not just about signing clients and making money. Selling and learning how to sell and learning how to lead a sales process is really about attracting and working with the clients that you want and developing a better working relationship based on respect, based on valuing you. And it extends throughout the whole time that you work together. So as you think about how you approach your next potential client who reaches out to you and how you're responding to maybe a request from your client or a last minute request or even getting on the phone after hours, whatever after hours looks like for you, think about how am I teaching my client to think about me? And does that match how I want them to think about me and how I think about myself? All right, so super, super important. You teach your clients how to treat you, and that's a big responsibility, but one that you can actually control. All right, so this was it. This was the first solo episode, you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode after the episode. If you enjoyed this, don't forget to click subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts, and be sure to leave me a rating or a review. Just tell me what you think if you're enjoying it. And I'll see you next week for another episode of the Smart Gets Paid podcast, where I'm talking with a woman who wants to start selling her services and offering her services to companies, but she's feeling her own resistance to what feels like going back into corporate. 